I'm Jim Huffman, and this is If I Was Starting Today, a collection of conversations about half-baked startup ideas, growth tactics, and stories from founders, including my own journey as a business owner. All of the content is centered around one question. What would you do if you were starting today? All right, welcome to today's episode. First, I want to say thank you to uh, the people that have sent emails or tweeted at me or even been generous enough to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's uh, it's really nice to hear the feedback. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm having audio issues. I say like too much, but uh, I'm hoping this can get better as we kind of figure out a format that that's fun for everybody. But really appreciate those notes. It's very encouraging. And if you're feeling like being a, a good person today, if, if you've got 17 seconds, feel free to jump into the Apple Podcast Player you know, you can hit a review. I think they have six stars yet. So maybe you'll have to settle for five. And if you want to throw in a little comment, go for it. I'll take it. The Apple podcast algorithm gods will take that into consideration as well. But um, thank you all for that. Really appreciate it. All right. So today, what are we going to talk about? It's going to get awkward. We're going to talk about finance. We're going to talk about numbers. And the reason why I want to hit on this is, you know, if you're looking to start something today, a lot of times we get obsessed with the idea or what to focus on. But we don't think about like, hey, we're going to be doing this thing for the next four, seven, 10 years. And what's the end goal here, specifically with money? What number are we trying to hit? Because a lot of times we don't think about that. A lot of times we work so hard, we're putting our head down, putting our hours into work, but we're not thinking about the true outcome from a financial perspective. So I want to go through a framework on how to think about even approaching that, right? So what is your number? What is your goal? And that could be as simple as, hey, I just want to bootstrap this side hustle and make two grand a month so I can pay for cool trips or pay for this hobby that I have. Or maybe your goal is the complete opposite. You're like, I want to take a big swing and make that life-changing FU money, the Scrooge McDuck money. We throw the the gold coins into the pool and then we just swan dive in. Because those two different outcomes require two totally different inputs. And so when we're thinking about how to get those outcomes, let's just put the categories of what your outcomes could be. And there's a really good book by Dan Andrews called Before the Exit. And he actually sold his company. And after he sold his company, he actually had a little bit of FOMO. He's like, man, I wish I would have known these things. And he actually categorized the levels of wealth. And with your exit or with your company, what category is it putting it in you into? So he has four categories. First, being in debt, meaning You have student loans, whatever that you're still trying to pay off. The second category is you're out of debt, but you're kind of broke. You're living paycheck to paycheck. That third category is you start to build up savings between 20 to 40K. And then the fourth one is when you get to that platform of wealth where you're actually, you've got $100,000, $250,000 in savings. So you can actually start to do some interesting things with investments. And he didn't have this, but I'll put it in there, the fifth level which is the FU money, where you don't need to worry about anything. You've got the NetJet account, you're walking around in your gold-plated robe, you're good to go. So with those outcomes in mind, what are you doing to achieve those, right? So you need to ask yourself, okay, what do I care about? I just want basic savings. I want to hit FU money. And so for me, as I'm going down that like question, I don't really care about money. I, it's sad. I do not buy myself enough things. I just care about time. I want to get my time back. I want to be in control of my calendar. And I want to do things in the day that bring me energy rather than suck it out. And so with that being in mind, it's like I care about a lifestyle that allows me to do what I want, but control my day. What career path, what founder path leads me to that? 
So I'm going to give three options on the paths you could take to hit your different goals, right? So first and foremost, this is very narrow. I'm not considering a lot of different options with what I'm going to give you. It's really from the perspective of someone wanting to work at a venture-backed startup or not, and the different things you could do. So first, you could take the path of what I'm calling scenario one. It's the employee with golden options. So you, you go work at a high growth startup and you've got this thing called stock options. And the goal is these little stock options that'll be in your Carter account, Carter account will eventually become something that's approaching life-changing money. So let's talk about the pros and cons of this scenario one. So the pros, well, you can jump on a startup after it's been kind of de-risked because you know the founders took the risk to start it. It gets a seed round. It gets an A round of funding. We're now at a B round where it's like, hey, they're past this thing called product market fit. People love the product. They're now raising money just to grow and you jump on. And so you get the stock options. You can jump on this rocket ship as it's up and coming. And it could potentially be something that gives you a really nice outcome. So for example, we had a guest on the podcast who was at Airbnb very much in the early days. And once that company went public, very nice payday that was potentially life-changing. So those are the prawns. That's all nice and rosy and fantastic. I'm sorry, those are the pros. What are the cons? The cons, well, this is a startup we're talking about. 90% of them fail, even the ones that are supposedly post-product market fit, right? Also, you're going to get diluted as they raise more money, put out more shares. Um, your value will go down or your, your total shares will go down, but hopefully the value goes up. And then finally, they don't just give you these options and then you can walk away. They have something called a vesting schedule where you have to be there for four years for those options to vest. So you get 100% of them. Okay, so let's go to scenario two. Let's get more upside in this VC back startup. And that's where you are a founder. You start the company and your main goal is some sort of an exit, whether that's an IPO or an acquisition. So what are the pros of this? Well as opposed to being employee where you get a, a small percentage, you're getting a much bigger percentage. So if you hit that exit, that is life-changing. And you are the one that's probably partaking the most in that upside. What's the con? Well, the con is you got to start the thing. You're taking on quite a bit of risk. And this is even post-product market fit, right? And so 90% of startups fail. And again, as it grows, you raise more money, you get diluted. And another call out is you're going to raise money. Let's say you raise 10 million bucks. It's not like you just got to sell it for $20 million. If you're raising money from a venture capitalist, they have really aggressive goals. So they want to see that 10 million turned into 100 million. So the company that is the size of 10 million compared to 100 million is totally different. There's some big growing pains in there that you're going to have to weather. And it can be pretty tough on you you physically and emotionally. And on, on you might have a full head of gray hair. Okay, so let's go with the third option to kind of hit your number and what you could do. And this is not raising money from like a venture capitalist. Instead, it's bootstrapping it. And so you bootstrap a business with the goal of building up something profitable and building up really significant cash flows. So what are the pros of this? Well, you're going to own potentially 100% of this or a majority share. You could bring in a partner, but you're still partaking in a lot of uh, the profits of that company. Uh, the other thing is you don't have to be this $100 million company to, to get your payday. You could get to $2 million. You could get to $10 million. And if you own 100% of it or 60% of it, that's very significant. And also, 
it's really about focusing on not valuations and grow, 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 grow. It's about profitability. It's about good margins and building up good cash flows. And so you're kind of, the targets come down a little bit. It's not going to be as intense and aggressive. So what are the cons? Well, you don't have the cushion of having money in the bank from venture capitalists that you could fall back on if you have a down month or down quarter. You've got to be profitable because when the cash runs out, the business runs out. So you've really got to focus out of the gate on having good margins, building up cash reserves. And also, if you want to grow, you're going to have to dip into those cash reserves to invest in people, invest in growth. And so it can be a really tough like give and take of what you do with those funds. So as you think about what your number is, what your outcome is, look at those three different options. Do you go the path of just being an employee at a high growth startup and get those stock options? Are you going to be like, no, I'm going to found a company, raise venture capitalists and go to the moon and go for this big exit? Or do you go the third path? I'm just going to bootstrap this myself where I own a lot of it. It's going to be tough, but as it starts to profit, as it starts to grow, you're partaking in much more of that. So for me, I like that third option. I'm much more inspired by people like Rob Walling, who did Trip, Andrew Wilkinson from Tiny, Dan Andrews from Tropical MBA, people that have bootstrapped businesses and made a really nice business for themselves. And they even were able to, to sell those because it definitely aligns with the lifestyle I want and the way I kind of want to run my day to day. So if you're about to start something and you're getting really excited about the idea and you start spinning stuff up, try and pause and be like, wait a second, what, what's the end goal here? What are you going for? And just know what you're getting into and make sure it aligns with your monetary goal, but also that it aligns with your lifestyle goal. So hopefully this is helpful as you're trying to figure out what's the right path for you, but would love to know what you think. I'm on Twitter at Jim W. Huffman. You can tweet at me, but hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Today's episode is brought to you by no one. Yep, we have zero sponsors. I haven't reached out to any companies, nor would I expect a reputable brand to give me money, but I'll give a few plugs. First, I send a weekly newsletter each Thursday featuring five articles or tools that have helped me. You can sign up for these weekly updates at jimwhuffman.com. Second, for anyone running a startup, if you need help growing your business, check out Growth Hit. Growth Hit serves as your external growth team. After working with over 100 startups and generating a quarter billion in sales for clients, Growthit has perfected a growth process that's hell-bent on driving ROI through rapid experiments. Plus, you'll get to work with yours truly. So if you want to work with a team that's worked with startups that have been funded by Andreessen Horowitz or featured on Shark Tank, then check out growthhit.com. And finally, I wrote a book called The Growth Marketer's Playbook that takes everything I've learned as a growth mentor for venture-backed startups, and I've distilled it down to 140 pages. So instead of hiring a growth team, save yourself some money, get the book, and you can just do it yourself. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'd love to hear feedback. I'm on Twitter at Jim W. Huffman.